the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. I love this time of year and how we focus so strongly on the Lord. It's been an amazing time. Before we talk about Sukkot, let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and thank you, Lord. Lord, you are the shepherd, Lord, and you're directing your flock. And I just pray pray that each person who is in the Lord's flock will stay with the group, <laughs> will will just be obedient to you and, and find just newness of life, find abundant life, find joy and peace. Lord, fill each and every person with your love and your compassion. So, Father, as we study Sukkot today, let us understand the beauty of this holy day, which one day will be the time, I believe, when you gather, when you gather us all up and we come to you. So we bless you, thank you, and praise you. Give you all the glory. In the name of Yeshua, amen. All right. So, uh, you know, there's still time to invite Jewish pre-believers to our services. And you can watch us also on Facebook Live Friday nights and Saturdays. Don't forget Tuesday evening, you can watch us at 6.30. So you find us on Facebook and you just go to shereshdavid.org backslash TPA Live, or Tampa Live, right? TPA Live. Also, Sunday at 4, a week from today, we will celebrate Shemini Atzeret, which is a scriptural holy day. It's called the eighth day. And Simchat Torah, which is more of a traditional holiday, and it means the joy of the Lord. We will be outside at the pergola, in North Straub Park, uh, 350 Bayshore Drive in St. Pete. You know, it's the area near the Vinoy Hotel. Love to see you out there. Join us. What a blessing it would be. I pray that if this radio program ministers to you, you'll consider a monthly pledge or a one-time gift. Call our office, 813 831-5673. And uh, you can also go to our website, 
heartofmessiah.org. I appreciate your prayerful and financial involvement. Blessings to you. And during this week, we celebrate Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, or Feast of Booths. It began this past Friday night when we had our children decorating our sukkah. We ate and had a service outside in the sukkah. Next Friday, we do it again uh, as we end sukkah or Sukkot. Uh, we will have another meal and service outside. So feel free to call our office and reserve a seat. Because there's food involved, we're serving uh, dinner, we just want to make sure that we have enough food for everybody. So call our office and reserve. Let us know you're coming and call us at 813-831-5673. Amen. This is a great time if you'd like to invite one of our rabbis to come visit your church, speak on these appointed times and the importance of it for Christians. Um, Email me. We can set it up. uh, Rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or call the office 813-831-5673. We'd love to do that with you. And what a blessing it would be. And um, we also uh, have the opportunity of going to our website, shereshdavid.org. And so we'd love for you to uh, check our website. It also has our calendar on it. And uh, it would be a blessing, just a tremendous blessing to have you join us. All right. So the festival of Sukkot um, is found in Leviticus 23, 33 to 44. And it builds, a, um, we build a home, a sukkah, and then invite guests over each evening for snacks and schmoozing. Schmoozing is another way of saying fellowship or talking, right? And this is actually a, a booth, which is a temporary dwelling. So there are many names for the holy day of Sukkot. There's Chag Asif, which is the festival of ingathering, which is extremely important. There's Chag Hasukot, the festival of, of booths. There's just Hechag, which is also important as we look at scripture. It's the festival. Or Chag Hashem, the festival of the Lord. Or Ziman Simchatenu, which is the time of our rejoicing. So let's look at Leviticus 23. Verse, starting with verse 34, if you'd like to follow with me. Speak to the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles. For seven days to the Lord, um, 30, on the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and you shall do no customary work on it. For seven days you shall do um, you shall present an offering made by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall have a holy convocation, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. It is a sacred assembly, and you shall do no customary work. 
So just from those few verses, you can see that we have services on the first and the eighth day, which is what we do. And that's why we will have services. We, we have services anyway on each Friday night. So it just happens this year to fall on Friday nights. Um, and for seven days, we are to make an offering by fire. And I really believe that we have to present ourselves to the Lord um, in, a, in a tremendous way. Um, so, verse 40, let's continue on. See what else it says about Sukkot. And you shall take for yourselves on the first day of the fruit of beautiful trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, and willows of the brook. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It shall be a statue forever in your generations. You shall celebrate it on the seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in the booths that your generations may know that I made the children of Israel dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So Moses declared to the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. So we see here that we are to live in uh, these temporary dwellings for seven days. Now, honestly, we don't do that, uh, even though it says, uh, but native-born uh, Israelis often do that, and we are to decorate the fruit of beautiful trees and palm branch trees and leafy trees and willows. We do that. It's a statute forever, which is why we celebrate it. The roof uh, traditionally has an opening so you can see the stars at night in the sky. And this is a temporary building, which means we rely on God for our real covering. So Sukkot is another holy day where you connect the dots so beautifully between the Hebrew Scriptures and the New Covenant. One of my favorite passages is Isaiah 12, verse 2, and you've probably heard me speak of it. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For God, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you shall draw waters from the wells of salvation. Now, you have to remember that the Hebrew uh, word for salvation is Yeshua. And Yeshua refers to Jesus. So I I just love this. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation, from the wells of Yeshua. Amen? Now look how it connects to John 7, 37 and 38. On the last day, the great day of the feast, remember that's one of the names of Sukkot, the feast, Yeshua stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Wow. As Yeshua was saying this, besides Isaiah 12, 
there are other scriptures that the people probably were thinking about as well. But that is such a strong one, isn't it? It's just amazing, the connection. But Isaiah 44.3 says, I will pour water on a thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. Or Isaiah 58.11, Then Adonai will guide you continually, satisfy your soul in drought, and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Now, in Ezekiel 47, 1 and 2, he talks about the river of life. In Zechariah 14, 8, it says, Moreover, in that day, living waters will flow from Jerusalem. Yeshua at Sukkot is the full fulfillment of these scriptures. He provides us nourishment. He provides us living water. During the feast of Sukkot in the first century, the Jewish people took part in a water-drawing ceremony on the last day of the feast. And again, this is so exciting. They would go down to the pool of Siloam. they draw water and bring it to the Temple Mount. Then they would pour out the water and recite Isaiah 12. And with joy you shall draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Okay, now imagine the scene. At the time of Yeshua's appearance, it's likely that in the midst of this ceremony, that's when he stood up and he proclaimed, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Do you see how he was uh, the fulfillment of the prophecies and the Hebrew scriptures of Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Zechariah, and others. Let me also say that this uh, processional from the pool to the, to the temple was talked about as the happiest time of, of the year. Uh, and so um, keep that in mind as we continue to talk about Sukkot. Now we see in Exodus 23, starting with verse 14, three times in the year, you are to celebrate a festival for me. You are to observe the feast of Matzot for seven days. You will eat Matzot as commanded at the appointed time in the month Aviv, for that is when you came out from Egypt. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Also, you are to observe the Feast of Harvest, the first fruits of your labors that you sow in the field, as well as the Feast of the Ingathering. Remember, that's Sukkot. At the end of the year, when you gather your crops from the field. So three times in the year, all of your men are to appear before Adonai Elohim. So the three times are Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot. So we celebrate this ingathering, not only from the field, but it is a time when Yeshua one day will return and gather up those who have received him. And we will see that Sukkot has many future prophetic purposes. Well, let's consider a couple others. Uh, Zechariah fourteen sixteen says, Then, and, and I would assume that this is after the... Uh, the War of, uh, of Armageddon, 
But it says here, then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king, Adonai Tzivaot, and to which is the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate Sukkot. Furthermore, if any of the nations on the earth do not go up to Jerusalem to worship the king, they will have no rain. So instead of coming to Jerusalem for battle, now the nations are coming to honor God and to remember his faithfulness by keeping the feasts of tabernacles in Jerusalem. Yeshua told us to go to the ends of the earth with the good news, but in the millennium, the people of the earth will come to Jerusalem to worship and honor God. Is that great? you got to love it. Now, the final Sukkot is recorded in Revelation 21, 1 through 6. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. I also heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is among men, and he shall tabernacle among them. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them and be their God. You see how all these names of Sukkot fit in? Tabernacle. It's just beautiful. Ah, I love it. Verse 4. He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Nor shall there be mourning or crying or pain any longer, for the former things have passed away. And the one seated upon the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Then he said, Write for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will freely give from the spring of the water of life. Uh, Wow. God emphasizes his final gathering to the believers and He describes how those whose name was written in the book of life in this new chapter in his plan, uh, and and it's done. You know, he speaks of us freely drinking from the water of life. I mean, does this excite you? The Hebrew Scriptures and the New Covenant coming together as one, just like Jews and those who are not Jewish coming together as one in Yeshua. Sukkot was always known as the holy day that commemorates God dwelling with his people. How fitting for the kingdom of God, and when it fully comes to the redeemed earth, to be considered the ultimate fulfillment of this holy day. God himself will finally dwell with his people in all fullness. The sukkah of God will be among men when Messiah Yeshua dwells as the ruler of that thousand-year messianic kingdom. Amen? Remember, if any man thirsts, let him come to Yeshua and drink. Certainly a great reason for joy. Consider the following. I won't be dogmatic about this, but I think it's a reasonable thing to think about as an idea. It is also possible that Yeshua was born during Sukkot. Now, you understand Sukkot is usually the end of September, the beginning of October. You realize the calendars are different, so it fluctuates year to year. 
There was no room in the inn. Why was there no room in the inn? Because all the men were pilgrimaging uh, during one of three holy days, and this was one of them, Sukkot. So that when they, when, you know, they came to Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, there was no room to stay. So Yeshua was born, possibly, it says a manger, but could it have been a sukkah? We read that the shepherds were tending their flock by night, that areas so cold in December, the average night temperature is in the low 40s, and it can go way lower than that. And there's a wind to join that, and it could have easily been, uh, you know, in the 30s or 20s. Yeshua's birth is more likely to have been in September, October, where the shepherds were out tending their flock. And that would make the conception at Hanukkah time. An interesting thought to ponder, yes? Yeshua being conceived at the time of the Festival of Lights? Yeshua being the light of the world and also Hanukkah meaning dedication? Some traditions both in the Jewish community as well as the Messianic community, is to have each evening of the feast a service using a lulav and etrog. Now, let me say that I'll explain the, the, the purpose of the lulav and the, and the etrog. But when you think of Yeshua's birth and when you think of the possibility of him being conceived at Hanukkah time, it's an amazing thing. Now, add to that the celebration of the Lulav and the Etrog. Now, the Lulav is a palm branch, along with myrtle and willow, and they're combined into one. Also, it's uh, the Etrog is a uh, fruit similar like a lemon, but a little larger usually. It's uh, called a citron. And they're wrapped together in order to be hand-held for waving in every direction, symbolizing the harvest and God's omnipresence over his world. So picture Yeshua being born at this time And there's this ceremony waving the lulav branches and the etrog in all the corners of the world, towards all the corners of the world, also to the heavens and also to the earth. It's just symbolically such a beautiful opportunity to think of the greatness of God. Amen? We will have to finish this next week, so please come back and we will uh, talk about this. But let, let me just say, please invite somebody to our services who doesn't know Yeshua, especially Jewish people. We want to see many, many people come to know Yeshua as their Messiah. So check out our times and locations. ShoreshDavid.org. Shoresh, S-H-O-R-E-S-H, David.org. Okay? It's a great time for us to do some teaching at your church or Bible study. If you'd like us to 
do that, come and uh, call call our office, 813-831-5673. Next week, I'll be talking about the 10 R's. If you would like to get a copy of next week's uh, message, because it's it's similar to what I would send out, it's when you are revived, this is the beginning of corporate revival, and these... Uh, I believe that these holy days and looking at them will show us uh, these 10 R's and, and what it would mean to us in our quiet time. Father, I just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to share your word. And I ask now that for all those listening, that they will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. And I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah, the God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.